How's everybody doing? I am exhausted. So, I know you guys are too. How many of y'all went caving? My beard hair just got stuck in that. Oh, that, one, that was painful. Uh, what did I just ask you? How many of y'all went caving yesterday? Spelunking? Did anybody go spelunking? Okay. Um, when I went, when I was in fifth grade, which was not that long ago, but actually it was. Uh, when I was in fifth grade, I went to a place called Cedar Creek Learning Center in Greenville, Tennessee. And we went spelunking, and they taught us terminology to use while we were in the cave, so that way we wouldn't bang our heads on something or slip and fall and bust our butts on something. And it was um, headache, meant you were going to run into something above you, and snake snot meant you were about to slide and probably go over a cliff and die. So um, that's all that story was. So there you go. So I hope you all had fun doing that. What is, oh, it's Lake Day, isn't it? Who's excited about Lake Day? How many of y'all have no idea what Lake Day is? Okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this as simply as I can. There's a lake, and you're going there today. So Lake Day. Okay. Um, pretty much everything this afternoon will take place out at the lake. So like food, games, Insanity. I don't know. Take your ukulele. Take your hammock. Like, do whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Yo, what's up? Am I going to the lake? Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to be there this afternoon. I thought I was going to, and something came up, and I will not be able to be there. So, you want to kamikaze me? No. No. See, see, Jared doesn't go in the water at camp anymore because of the kamikaze. So, um, no, no, that doesn't happen. Not anymore. So the closest that I get to water is inside that cup right there. So uh, that is it. So um, last night, last night I was like so wired when I left here. It's a 40-minute drive back to my house. And I got home and I walked in and everybody in my house was out cold, including the dog. Um, and usually he greets me at the door. And I walk into my bedroom, and my wife is asleep on the bed with, like, a light on. So I go in, and I turn the light off so that way she doesn't get disturbed. And I turn around, and standing there in the doorway staring at me <laughs> is my dog, not my boys. Like, they, they, were, they were asleep, but my dog is just staring at me like, how did you get in here? And he's a lap dog. His name is Gus. Um... And I say lap dog very tongue in cheek because he is a 90 pound labradoodle um, who thinks he's a lap dog. And like when I spoke to him, like his entire rear end just starts flopping back and forth because he can't wag his tail. Like he just moves his entire rear end. And he comes in there and like bumps up against me and like almost knocks me into the bed. And I knew that would wake up my wife. And I'm like, get out of here. And I had to take him for a walk last night because apparently when I come in, he has to go to the bathroom. So I got in bed at like 1 o'clock last night, this morning. So yeah, I'm a little tired. But some of y'all probably did that anyway, just because you're at camp and you can. So uh, kudos to you all. Um, I had a question for you, and my mind just went totally blank. Ever happened to you guys? Just me? I call that a brain fart. I said that one time in a church, 
And like this little lady that was sitting on the front row, she went, and I was like, I'm sorry, I said brain. And uh, (laughs) so she just looked at me and she just, but uh, but like, do you ever have those? I call them brain farts because I literally feel like my brain just goes, "Ah," and just loses whatever thought it it had in there. So um, that works out really well until you hear your six year old say he had a brain fart and then it's hilarious. Uh, So. Um, turn in your Bible to the book of Judges. If you don't know where Judges is, it's in the Old Testament, which is kind of random for me this morning. Uh, it is the seventh book. So you've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and Judges. So just go to the beginning and just start turning and you'll get there. Um, So we're going to be in Judges. We are actually going to be in chapter number seven. So we're in the seventh book, the seventh chapter, but we are not beginning in verse seven. So this is not Las Vegas, seven, seven, seven. It's not going to win you anything. Um, So, oh, okay. So randomly while y'all are turning there and I said Las Vegas, um, I told you I used to work for NASCAR and doing um, videography and stuff for them. And I was in Las Vegas, Nevada one year and I'm standing on the roof of the racetrack. There are 60 mile an hour wind gusts the entire weekend. And so I'm standing on the roof and I look towards downtown Las Vegas and there is just this brown wall moving towards the racetrack. And it was a sandstorm. And just like you see in the movies, just this big giant wall of sand. And this friend of mine, she comes running over and she goes, do you have rain gear? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, why? And I was like, okay, you just asked me if I had rain gear, and I told you yes, and you're gonna ask me why I have rain gear. And she goes, yeah, you're in the desert. Why do you have rain gear? I was like, I always pack rain gear. Like, you never know. And she goes, well, it's a good thing you packed it. Well, thanks, Tina, you know? And I was like, why? And she goes, put it on and put the rain gear on your camera. Because literally, like two minutes later, I mean, I barely got my my rain suit on, just pants and like a jacket, and I got the stuff on my camera, like this, brown wall of sand that just blows over the racetrack and it's like three minutes of just rain of just sand just blowing all over you and everything around you and then like it just disappears and there's just sand just everywhere and we're shaking it like off of us and off of our equipment so the whole weekend goes by 60 mile an hour wind gusts and I get to the airport to fly home and it all of a sudden hits me that my eyes are wind burnt from this entire weekend and my eyes just will not stop watering. Like they burn, they're watering. I'm trying eye drops, everything. And so I'm sitting at my gate and I just decide to give in to the pain and just the, the watery eyes. And I just put my head in my hands and I just start like letting the tears flow. And when that starts happening, then like my nose starts running. There's, you know, tears dripping to the floor. I'm like, you know, blowing my nose because just everything's happening. And this sweet little old lady comes over and sits down beside of me and she puts her arms around me and she just starts patting me. And she goes, she goes, it's okay, sweetie. And I was like, excuse me? And she goes, it's okay, sweetie. And I was like, what's okay? And she goes, you couldn't have lost that much money. And I went, <laughs> I was like, I didn't, I didn't lose any money, man. My eyes are just wind burnt because I've been working outside all weekend. And she goes, oh, and just gets up and just walks off. <laughs> And I was like, thanks. So there are nice people out there. And I'm sure she wanted to be one, but she wasn't at that moment. So anyway, 
that had no bearing on this morning whatsoever. So, except for I said Las Vegas, and my brain went that direction. So, um, here we go, Judges chapter number seven. But I'm going to go back into chapter number six to kind of give you guys a little bit of a background to this. Um, the book of Judges is written because the majority of the chapters start out kind of like this. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he brought, insert enemy's name here, in against them for this set amount of time. And then once Israel learned their lesson, God would bring in a judge, thus the book of Judges, and it was a person to come in and go, hey, Israel, if you're tired of what's happening to you because of, insert enemy's name here, and you've been putting up with it for insert time period here, then what you need to do is you need to turn back to God, turn away from your evilness, and start following after him, and then he'll destroy your enemy. And this just happens on repeat throughout the book, is, book of Judges. Like, we are, by Judges chapter 7, we're, we're like a few judges into this already. And this one is no different. Chapter 6 begins with, And Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and he brought the, the country of Midian against them for a period of seven years. And what happened with, with Midian and the Midianites coming in is when Israel would get a crop together and they would be about to harvest it, then their enemies would come in and just like a pack of locusts, they would just take everything and leave Israel with nothing. And it was like, hey, thanks for the corn. And they, they'd leave. It wasn't corn, it was wheat and other stuff. And so what would happen was the Israelites actually went up into the mountains and started living in caves and dens and stuff just to get away from it. And they were trying to hide some of their crops. And Gideon's family was no different. They were one of those families that was hiding it. And they would go down and they would work the fields that were out there that they knew were going to get ransacked. But then at night, when they should be resting, they would actually be trying to, like, grow their own food in hiding. So while Gideon is out there and he's, he's out on, like, the threshing floor and he's threshing wheat, in the middle of the night, trying to hide it from the Midianites, all of a sudden somebody comes up behind him and goes, hey, are you Gideon? And like it freaks him out. And he goes, who's asking? And they go, I'm an angel of the Lord. And Gideon's like, okay, hang on a second. It's the middle of the night. My kid just woke me up staring at me. I'm just kidding. And he's like, he's like, so he's threshing his wheat, and he's like, nobody's supposed to know that I'm out here, but he's freaked out, and he goes, so you're an angel of the Lord? And he goes, yeah, and he goes, prove it. And so he begins to tell Gideon things about himself, and Gideon's like, okay, okay, we're good. And he goes, so why are you here? And it's really funny because the angel goes, you're a mighty man of valor, and God wants you to lead his army. And Gideon goes, hold up, wait a minute. Okay? Um, I'm hiding and threshing wheat, you just scared me. There's nothing valor about that. And God wants me to lead the army? And the angel goes, yep. And he goes, you sure you got the right Gideon? And he goes, yeah. And Gideon goes, okay, um, I don't think you really understand who I am. He goes, my, my family is the weakest family in our tribe, and I'm the weakest in my family. And he goes, and our tribe's actually the weakest in all of Israel. So, like, right there's three strikes against me. I'm the weakest of the weakest of the weak. So, 
like, sorry, I don't think you have your, the right guy. And the angel goes, nope, nope, it says right here, Gideon, the weakest of the weakest of the weak. Yeah, that's you. <laughs> and Gideon's like, and you want me to do what? And he goes, I want you to lead my, like, God wants you to lead his army. And Gideon goes, okay, um, how about we do this? How about I'm going to go get a, a wool fleece, and I'm going to lay it outside. And tomorrow, if I go outside and the fleece is soaking wet and the ground all around it is dry, then I'll know that God really wants me to do this. And the angel goes, okay. So Gideon goes and lays out the fleece. The next morning he comes out, the fleece is saturated. The ground around it is dry. And the angel goes, there you go. There's your proof. And Gideon goes, yeah, one more. And the angel goes, what is it? And he goes, tomorrow, make the fleece dry and the ground wet. And the angel goes, okay. And the next morning they go out, and it is just crispy dry, and the ground is wet. And the angel goes, need anything else? And Gideon goes, no, we're good. I'll go lead the army. So that's where we find Gideon in chapter number seven. And I just completely, like, ransacked through chapter number six. If you want to go back and read it, you can. But that's pretty much what happens. So here we find it, and I love it because we've been sitting here and we've been talking about who? Gideon, right? Check this out. Then Zerubbabel, and in parentheses, that is Gideon. I don't know why they threw that in there, but they did. Uh, and all the people who were with him rose early, and all the people who were with him are, are the army that he's, that he's doing. And they are encamped beside the spring of Herod, and the camp of Midian was north of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. Then the Lord said to Gideon, the people or the army that is with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hands. Lest Israel boast over me, saying, mine own hand has saved me. So now you have to think about this. Gideon has been hiding out. He already thinks that he's the weakest of the weakest of the weak. But he decides, you know what? God says that he wants me to lead this army, so I'm going to go lead this army. So here he is, and he's standing in front of his army. And he's talking with God one morning, and God goes, hey, Gideon, guess what? Your army's too big. Now, if I was Gideon, I'd be like, hang on, this is the army that you gave to me, and you're telling me that they're too big. And God goes, yeah, they're too big. Why, why are they too big? And he goes, well, here's why they're too big. They're too big because there's enough of them that if you were to defeat the Midianites, they would go, hey, look at what we did. And God goes, I've already delivered the Midianites into your hands. I don't want them getting credit for it. And it's not a selfish thing. What God is trying to do here is he's trying to prove to the children of Israel that he is God and he can overcome any problem. So he tells Gideon, hey, your army's too big. Now here's how big the army is. The army of Midianites that's camped out way over here on this, on this hillside, kind of down towards the valley, 126,000. Pretty big army, right? Okay, Gideon's army over here, and we will learn this in a little bit, and we are going to have to do some math on a Wednesday morning, 32,000. So 32,000 against 126,000. In case you're wondering ratios, that's four Midianites for every one Israelite, just under four, but right at four. Okay, here's how I like to put this, and here's where you get to know a little bit more about Jared and Kamikaze. Okay, little Danny, I taught this lesson, and this is where Danny got the big idea that he could beat me up. Because I said this phrase, 
I could take on four of you. And Danny was like, bring it. <laughs> bring it. But I was like, you know what? If it was me and it was four of you all, I could probably put a hurting on at least three of you. Before the fourth one got a lick in on me, I'd probably be able to stand up pretty good. And I could probably pretty easily defeat four of you that I handpicked. Um, and, and I could go, yeah, I beat you. I beat four of you. So that's what, that's what is happening here. And God goes, hey, you've got way too many people because they're going to go, hey, look at what I did. Not look at what God did through us. Look what I did. Look at who I defeated. And Gideon goes, so you think the army's too big? And God goes, yep, it's too big. So here we go in verse number three. It says, now therefore proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, whoever is fearful and trembling, let him return home away from Mount Gilead. So God goes, here's what I want you to do, Gideon. I want you to get your army together, and I want you to ask them a very simple question. Gideon goes, okay, what? And he goes, who's afraid? This is an army. There's 32,000 of them. There's 126,000 of their enemy across the, across the valley from them. And God goes, ask them who's afraid. Gideon goes, they're soldiers. Like, there's not going to be that many of them. Okay, fine. You want me to go ask them who's afraid? I'll go ask them who's afraid. So Gideon lines all of them up, and he stands up just like he's supposed to, and he says, hey, whoever is afraid and you're scared and you're literally trembling in your boots, go home. Now, in Gideon's mind, he's probably going, you watch. There's not going to be that many people leave. I love the Bible so much. Right after this, it says, uh, tell them to return home and hurry away from Mount Gilead. Then 22,000, so 32,000, 22,000, right? That's not bad. Returned, and 10,000 remained. So 32,000 men stood in front of Gideon, and Gideon goes, how many of you are afraid? Now, I'm not, I'm not for certain, but I'm pretty sure, like we talked about last night, nobody wanted to be the first one to admit that. But I can imagine that, like, the first one was probably, like, see me get in I'm afraid and then like the, this one guy's like slowly raising his hand and then like this other guy's like got his up a little bit further and so like they're both you know and then it's all of a sudden like once one of them does it it's like boom and Gideon's like okay I see six seven eight nine and then he starts counting and he's like okay are y'all counting this because I am too and then he's like 21,998 21,9999 did I double count anybody because that's a lot of people? And he goes, okay, if you're afraid, go home. And 22,000 soldiers packed up their stuff and left. Never thought about the 10,000 that were remaining. They said, I'm selfish, I'm afraid, I'm out. Peace, I'm gone. Forget you. I'm gone. And there's 10,000 men standing there, and they go, let's go. You're not scared? No, we just answered that question. And you know what? We went from 4 to 1 to almost 13 to 1. Bring it on. Little Danny, bring it, man. Like, let's do this, you know. Jared touches the water, every head turns to me. You know, like 13 to 1, let's bring it on. If I, even if I handpicked 13 of you, I think 10 of you could stand around and watch the other three beat me up at this point, okay? 
13 to 1. And Gideon goes, okay, God, here they are. Verse number 4. And the Lord said to Gideon, you're right, Gideon, that's all you need. No. The Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Now, if I was Gideon at this point, I would be like, hang on a second. You told me that you wanted me to command your army. And you just took over half of my army away. This is no longer an army. It's now a battalion. Like, we are losing army status, like, very quickly. It's kind of becoming a mockery. And God goes, hey, you still have too many. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to march them down to the river, and I want you to tell them to take a drink of water. Okay. So Gideon goes, guys, get ready. We're going on a march. So they get all of their gear on, and they start to prepare. And they take off from the camp, and they march down into the valley to the river. And God goes, okay, now that they're all hot and sweaty, tell them to get a drink. And Gideon goes, okay, hey guys, get a drink. And 10,000 men hit the river. And God goes, now here's what you're going to notice, Gideon. There's going to be two types of people that are going to be getting a drink right now. There's one that's just going to go face first into it. And then there's another one that's going to actually be like lifting the drink up, like the water up with their hands. And I want you to separate those two people out. Like those two types of people. Put, put like face first over here. Put cup in, like hand as a cup. Put them over here. So I imagine Gideon just kind of like walking down the middle of this stream. And it's almost like a big giant game of duck, duck, goose. Like if I say goose, you go over here. If I say duck, you go over here, you know, kind of a thing. So Gideon's going down through there. And he's, have y'all ever played duck, duck, goose? Anybody not ever played Duck, Duck, Goose? Okay, so everybody knows the concept because this next part is going to get really annoying, I can promise you, okay? Gideon is literally walking down this stream, and he's going, okay, duck, 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 goose, goose, duck, 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 goose, goose, duck, 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 goose, duck, 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 and somebody's going, quit saying duck, and he's like, duck, 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 goose, goose, duck, duck, goose, duck, 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 duck. Are y'all getting the point? You want me to go a little bit further? Duck, 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 duck. I can't roll my tongue and like do. Okay, so okay. Anyway, so what happens is Gideon goes. He gets down to the end of the line and he goes. Duck, duck, goose. And he goes, now I need a drink of water. And then he turns around and he looks. Here we go. So he brought them down. Verse number six, and the number of those who lapped, putting their hands to their mouths, were 300 men. So see, here's what happens. They're in, all their, they're in all their armor, and they run down there. Now, armor is armor. There's a chest plate. There's a helmet. There's shoulders. Like, there's protection everywhere. Legs, knees, everything. They run down. They get down to the water, and when they get down there, 
and they start to go face first into the water because they're thirsty, like they have to take off their helmet. But in order to take off their helmet, they have to lay aside their shield and they have to lay aside their sword so that way their hands are free. And then they get their helmet off and then they try to go face first into the water, but their chest plate hits their, hits their legs and like shoves up into their neck. So then they have to take the chest plate off, but then they have to take the leggings off because it's digging up into their stomach and they begin to lay aside all of their armor and then they go face first into the water. And not to rehash this story, but to bring up Kamikaze again, when I threw him as he's flying through the air and I grab him and just throw him and he comes up out of the water, he's like trying to get water out of his eyes and while this is happening, somebody else attacks him because he can't see at the moment because his face is full of water. If somebody were to sneak up on somebody who's face first down in the water and has laid aside all of their protection, what's gonna happen to that person? They're gonna die or they're gonna get maimed or they're gonna get knocked out, like something bad's gonna happen to them because if they hear what's going on around them and they come up out of the water, first they've gotta get the water out of their eyes and then they've gotta scramble to find their sword and their shield and then they're just gonna start swinging because they don't know what, who's around them where they're at. But now the other people that walked down to the water, knelt down, put their hand down in the water, and brought their hand up to their mouth, they were able to look around and see what was going on. They stayed prepared. They stayed, they stayed prepared for what it was that they were called to do, first and foremost, was to be a soldier. So Gideon turns around and he looks, and out of the 10,000, there's 9,700 ducks. And there's 300 geese. And God goes, okay, Gideon, send them home. The 9,700, send them home. Hang on a second. And so Gideon goes, okay, guys, go pack your stuff up and go home. Now, the Midianites are seeing all of this. They've seen 22,000 go home, and they're like, weren't there 32,000? Yep. Now that, how, did you count 22,000 leaving? Yep. Okay. So there's 10,000 of them left. Yes, basic math, yes, 10,000 left. Okay, hey, do you see 10,000 people marching down to the river? Yeah. Why, why are there 9,700 of them going back? I don't know. Hey, they're tearing their tents down. Why are you watching them? Because I'm nosy, like we've got to fight them. Okay, at this rate, we don't have to. We can just blink funny at them and they're going to fall over. You know, like the Midianites are thinking, hey, we've got this in the bag. Yes, ma'am. The ducks were the face first, so there was a lot of them, sorry. In my brain, when I said ducks, I saw a duck go face first into the water to like get something, so yeah, that's my brain, I apologize. So the Midianites, they're sitting over there and like, they're like, we got this in the bag, there's 300. We've got 126,000. My brain is not functioning enough right now to tell you what the math is on that one, but let's just say it's like tens of thousands to one. Okay, that ain't happening. I might walk up to you and be like, come on, let's go. And they're gonna be like, boo. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, didn't mean to do it. So Gideon goes back to his camp with 300 people. It's a posse. <laughs> and God goes, hey Gideon. And at this point, if I was Gideon, I would be like, what? Now what? God, I've only got 300 people. Like, are we too big? And God goes, we're going to do this. Gideon's like, what? And he goes, we're going to do this, man. 
Like, this is it. This is your army. <laughs> this is my army. Okay. You just sent my army home. These are people who have no idea what's about to happen. And God goes, no, we're going to win this thing. And here's how we're going to do it. And Gideon's like, okay, let me get out a piece of paper. And Gideon goes, how are we going to do it? And God goes, okay, here's what you need. You need to go get a torch. Okay. You need to go get a clay pot. Okay. And you need to get a ram's horn. Ram's horn. Okay, what else? That's it. Um, I hate to point this out, but like the word sword is not on this list. The, the, the word shield is not on this list. Like, like you told me to go get a light, a bucket, and a harmonica, like basically. And, and God goes, yeah, and we're going to do this. And Gideon is like, what in the world is going on? But he's like, you know what? We've made it this far. Like, why not? So then Gideon is sitting in the camp the night before they're going to go attack. And he's like, man, I am freaked out. And one of his generals goes, you know what we should do? And Gideon goes, what? And he goes, we should totally sneak over into the Midianites camp, just the two of us, and hear what they're saying. I don't know at what point a switch got flipped in Gideon's brain that he goes, yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> but they go, and they're sitting outside of this tent, like behind it, and they hear these two Midianites in there, and they're talking back and forth. And this guy goes, hey, did you have the tacos for lunch? And he goes, no. Like, tacos give me weird dreams. And that guy goes, you know what? Speaking of weird dreams, I had the weirdest dream last night. And that guy goes, do tell. What was this weird dream that you had? And this guy goes, I had this dream that our camp was right where we're at. And we heard this noise. And we walk outside. And coming down the hill is a biscuit. <laughs> and the guy goes, go on. And the guy goes, but it wasn't just any biscuit. It was a barley biscuit. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know a lot about wheat, because I don't, because I'm not a farmer, but I do know this much. Barley was the worst grain possible to make anything edible out of. It was the worst of the worst of the worst. Sound familiar? And he goes, and this barley biscuit, it actually says loaf, but I like biscuit better because we're in the south. He goes, this barley biscuit comes rolling down the hill and just smashes our entire camp flat. And the guy goes, well, those tacos did a number on you. And he goes, it was a barley biscuit. And the guy goes, okay. And he goes, I wonder what that dream means. And that guy goes, I can tell you exactly what that dream means. <coughs> I will tell you what that dream means in just one second. This pause brought to you by pals. <laughs> Unsweet tea. Um, so the guy goes, I can tell you exactly what that dream means. And that guy goes, I need to stay away from Taco Tuesday. And he goes, no. That barley biscuit was Gideon's army, and they're going to annihilate us. And Gideon goes, let's do it. And they get up and they leave. So they get back to the army, and Gideon goes, okay, guys, God has laid out this plan. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to grab a torch. You're going to grab a clay pitcher. You're going to grab a ram's horn. What you're going to do is we're going to cover the torch with the, with the clay pot, and you're going to carry the ram's horn, and we're going to march down, 
and we're going to encircle the army of the Midianites while they sleep. And they all go, let's do it. So they do. They march down there real quiet, and they all line up, all 300 of them around the camp of Midian. And Gideon goes, now when I give the command, you're going to break the pitcher, light the torch, you're going to yell, and we're going to blow the trumpets. And they all go, cool, let's do it. So they go down there, and they're all circled around. And I just imagine that there's like this one hyper person that's just like way too excited to be there that night. And he's like, I've been living my whole life for this moment. It's like, you've been living your whole life to hold a torch and blow a ram's horn? Yes. Like, we're here. Like, look, you can hear them snoring. You know, and he's going nuts. And then, like, and then, like, he hears whispering coming around. And he's like, I wonder what they're saying. I wonder what they're saying. And, like, he's getting, like, so excited. And I can just imagine him, like, rearing back, getting ready to hit it. And somebody goes, get ready. And he goes, oh, man, I thought it was now. He's just like getting antsy and just, just so excited. And then like the murmur comes around and it goes from get ready to it's about to happen. And he's like, yes. and they're like, shh, be quiet. And then all of a sudden, it, like I imagine that it's this guy that is like the centerpiece of it's about to happen. Like he's the one that's going to break it and it's just going to happen, you know. And it, the news gets around to him and it's like now. And like. They break, the, they break the clay pots, and it makes this horrible noise, and like all of this light takes off, and they start blowing horns, and they start yelling about the sword of the Lord and Gideon, and they start announcing themselves. And the Bible tells us that the camp of the Midianites freaked out. Now, I want to put this in perspective for you. There's another camp about two hours from here that I got to, I got to be a counselor at. Why they let me be a counselor, I have no idea, but they did for six years um and this one year it was my job to wake up the guys like the boy campers and we all lived in a barn literally an old tobacco barn that they built the floor up in and there were 72 beds in this in this barn and i've got there was 48 middle school students like 48 boys and it was my job to wake them up i loved my job this one morning, it was serene. Like, there was this nice fog rolling in. Like, you could hear bugs and birds start chirping. There were cows out in the field, like, mooing at you. Like, it was fantastic. It was peaceful. It was like one of those postcard moments, you know. And I walk into the barn with my method of waking up the campers that morning. And this chaperone rolls over, and he goes, morning, Jared. And he sits straight up, and he goes, give me 30 seconds. And he throws on his shoes, and he runs out the door because he does not want to be around for what's about to happen. <laughs> and you all are like, what fresh, like, madness is about to happen? I had it primed. It was ready to go. And I just kind of stood there for a second, and I went, Dear Lord Jesus, it's going to be a fantastic day. Thank you for letting it start this way. And I pulled the ripcord on the weed eater, and that thing roared to life. Now, before you all freak out, it didn't have string in it. I'm not that kind of a person, okay? I just wanted the noise, and I sat there, and it was, I mean, it was going nuts. I have never seen 48, like, little middle school kids freak out. There was one kid, he picked up his pillow, and he was just swinging it at whoever came near him. 
because he was freaking out. There were kids running. There were kids running out the other end of the barn that had a four-foot drop next to a cow pond trying to get away from me. And after about 30 seconds of this noise, I just went, good morning, guys. Breakfast is in 20 minutes. Come on up to the cafeteria. And I just turned around and walked out. This is exactly what happened to the, to, the, to the camp at Midian. The camp of the Midianites, the Bible tells us that when, when all of this stuff started happening, all this noise, all this light, all this commotion, all this ram's horn, all this screaming, they start freaking out. Because in those times, armies traveled at night, and when they did, there were torchbearers that were interspersed throughout all of the army. So that way they could light the way because they didn't have night vision. They didn't have like, you know, big floodlights that they could travel with. They had torchbearers that literally walked in and amongst the ranks to like provide light. And then there were people that banged on a drum to keep cadence. And there were people that blew horns and called out the name of the army as they approached cities. So when the Midianites hear all of this, and then they start looking outside their tents, and all they see are 300 torches surrounding their camp. Somebody probably goes, they went back for reinforcements. They weren't leaving. They left 300 here to keep an eye on us and to distract us, and they went and got everybody. And they start freaking out, and the Bible says that they started swinging swords against each other. And the 300 men in Gideon's army just stood there and watched it happen. They never lifted a finger in the battle. There were a few survivors that went off, and the guys are sitting there going, Gideon, can we go get him? And he goes, yeah, go get him. And, like, they took off. But God annihilated 126,000 men because 300 decided to be obedient. Those 300 men, they had to answer three questions, and it's three questions that we still have to ask today. We talked about last night. You know, hey, if that's really you out there, tell me to come out there. Okay, big boy, you said it, come on out here. And in that moment, Peter had to answer these three questions. Just like we have to answer these three questions when we go, God, whatever it is you want me to do, I want to do it. And he goes, okay, let's go. Are you afraid? Yeah. You don't think those 300 men were afraid as they start seeing everybody leave? Yeah, they were probably afraid, but you know what? They were like, you know what? I've been called to do this. This is what I'm supposed to do. So, yeah, I'm afraid, but I'm trusting God. And then the second question that we have to answer is, are you going to be prepared? Are you going to remain prepared? How do you get prepared? You're in his word every day. God, prepare me to be who I need to be. The Bible talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And we do that because we're in his word and we know what it is that he wants us to do. But sometimes we lay, we lay that aside. And like I said, we kind of put God in this little cage over here and we just kind of bring him out whenever we need to. It's like, hey, look, here's my suit of armor. It's shiny, but I'm going to go put it back away because I don't want it to get damaged. But are you going to be prepared? And then the last one is, are you going to be obedient regardless of the circumstances? You tell soldiers, hey, we're going into battle and we're taking a torch, a clay pot, and a ram's horn. And you're going to scream at somebody. Let's go. Okay, we didn't train for this, but let's do it. Like, are you going to be obedient? Because sometimes God's going to ask you to do some pretty crazy things. 
And it's going to seem really crazy to you, but then you're going to look back on it and you go, oh, that wasn't really that crazy. But now this next thing you've got me going is really crazy, but because I've already done that, yeah, let's go do this. Now, can you imagine when those 300 men come back to Israel, like to the kingdom of Israel, and everybody starts going, did you hear they actually defeated them? And then somebody goes, no, it wasn't them, it was God. And they'll tell you that it was God. And those 300 men come in, they go, God delivered us, and this is how he did it. It's amazing. Can you imagine being those 31,700 men that went home, and you're hearing about how God delivered them? Just like we talked about last night, those 300 got out of the boat. That 31,700, they hung back in the boat, and they went, you do it. We missed out because we didn't trust God enough. We stayed in the boat. Are you afraid? Will you be prepared? And are you going to be obedient to what God calls you to do? I had a kid come up to me one time. He goes, why would you say duck around a soldier? I said, I don't think Gideon went down through there going duck. Because if you say duck to a soldier, they're going to be like, from what? I love the story of Gideon. Just because of that. Because it's, it was such a crazy thing. But he trusted God. He went from, God, I can't do this, to, okay, God, let's do this. Where are you at? Are you afraid? It's okay to be afraid. Will you be prepared? If you stay in his word, you will be. If you make God the elephant in the room when you walk in, yeah, you're going to be prepared. Are you going to be obedient to what it is that he's calling you to do, to who he's calling you to talk to, to where he's calling you to go, to do what he's calling you to do? I don't know what it is. But whatever it is that he's standing there and he's going, hey, I want you to do this, 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 and this, which is totally contrary to what you've ever thought about. Where are you going to be at the answer to those three questions? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so very much for the day, for everything that you've done for us. God, for everything that you've already done for us that we haven't got to partake in. Man, I cannot wait to receive the blessings that you have for us today. Father, I pray right now that you will be with everyone that's in here. God, help us to be like Gideon. No questions. Just, yeah, you said it. You said we're going to win this. Let's do it. Let's do it. Father, I pray that you'll keep everyone safe today as they, as they head out to the lake for their activities. Father, just keep them safe. Help them to remain focused on you. God, help them to love you with everything that they have. And we just ask all these things in your name. Amen. Um, Stone, who was supposed to be Uncle Paul, came up to me back there, and he goes, he goes, um, so if I'm not able to be back, can you dismiss them? And I went, sure. And Jaden goes, why wouldn't you be back? And I went, no, he just said that because what he's telling me is he's not coming back. So I am dismissing you to the canteen. So you all are free to move about the building.